Welcome to the New Mexico News Podcast, headlines and stories from the land of enchantment. Brought to you by KRQE. Here's Chris McKee and Gabrielle Burkhart. recognize if you've made it out to a New Mexico United soccer game. Fans there get loud, transforming the sort of quieter, family baseball crowds at Isotopes Park into a mostly standing, shouting group of excited fans. Chris, have you made it out to a game? I think to the severe disappointment to those in the room, I actually have not. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm seeing some big thumbs down right yeah. now. I know <laughs> it is still on my list of things to do. I will say, in the team's first couple years, I was a nightside reporter. I know a lot of the games happen in the afternoons, evenings, uh, but of course there are weekends which I do have as well. So I really don't have an excuse at yes. this point. So I, I have to say. I apologize. I have not yet. Myself, I'm a baseball fan. I go to a lot of, you know, Isotopes games, but I remember in the early years of the United Games, I was like, I have to get out to one of these. It was really just a transformative almost experience for that particular area. But this conversation, I know we've wanted to have for a long time. New Mexico United has been a big sports success story for Albuquerque and the state of New Mexico really at large. In its first years on the scene before the pandemic shutdowns, United saw huge attendance at its games inside Isotopes Park and with that, a ton of excitement for the future. Now, we've known for a little while that the future also includes a home or a venue for United to call its own. And there have been a lot of ups and downs along that journey. One of the most notable being back in late 2021, when the city asked voters to pass a $50 million bond for the soccer stadium. You may remember that voters rejected that by more than 30,000 votes. And since then, we've all wondered, will United get a stadium? What might it look like? Where would it go? Well, recently, the franchise held its annual black and yellow bash, and the team's owner, Peter Trevisani, dropped a big hint, saying that a stadium could happen somewhere near, as he said, something that rhymes with Lagoon Siesta Park. So might the United Stadiums be built at what we know rhymes with that, Balloon Fiesta Park, home to the yearly Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta, of course. Here to talk about this subject today with us in studio is United's owner, President Peter Trevisani. Peter, thanks for being here. Hey, it's great to be here, and um, I'll keep the leaks uh to a minimum today. Okay. Well, I don't know if I agree with that, but <laughs> perhaps, you know, shed some insight. We'll for see us, how so. it goes. <laughs> he just got some coffee. So before we get into the stadium, I do want to start high level. By June, United will be five years old, if I have that correct. How do you describe United to people who still don't know what this is, this team? What are your aspirations for this team? And I get the impression in many respects that this isn't just a soccer team. Yeah, we, it's a it's a great lead in because you know, our mission statement at United is to bring people together in ways they've never been brought together before in order to be an agent of positive change. And there's nothing in that sentence about soccer. Uh, soccer is just a vehicle. It's the first one that we're using, but uh, we want to 
use this as a tool to show that New Mexicans, you know, the spirit of New Mexico, which we see in many other things too, and that that really most importantly, like we're stronger when we're aligned, when we focus on what we agree on and what we're not in conflict on. And when we come together, United Gamer, for 90 minutes, we can all agree that was the worst call we've ever seen by a ref and, uh, or that was the most beautiful goal or that, that energy can never be replicated. Uh, so, and, uh, and we're just excited to use that as a, as a catalyst. And what has the rise of the team been like here? I understand the team has led or been near the top of some of the attendance records. Yeah. It, it's funny because <clears throat> there's a lot of attention to the numbers and the numbers are great. I mean, thrilled as a, as an owner, as uh, as someone who runs the club right now, it's great to have top attendance. The merchandise isn't just great for the USL. It outpaces many MLS teams and major league baseball teams and hockey teams. Uh, and, and those are easy numbers are easy to see and read, but what I think we're most impressed about or feel best about is just that, that the, the ethos of the club, the Somos Unidos spirit has really come to the forefront. And if that had meant it was only 2000 people on day one, that would have been okay by us. It wasn't how many, it was that they felt about, felt about it in a way that we felt about it. And so, you know, hopefully one day that is 20,000, hopefully it's 2.1 million New Mexicans realize that when we focus on what we have in common, that we're unstoppable. Has it all been a surprise to you by any chance in these last five years, just seeing the kind of rise of this team and how the fan base has latched onto it? Not really, actually. Hmm. I got to be honest. I think that, yes, the numbers were surprising, but but I think that uh, I think we felt very strongly about that this was here all along, that there were so many people in New Mexico that just needed an opportunity to express themselves. They just needed that platform. And if we were able to bring them together, it would work. You know, I, uh, an analogy I thought about, I remember, you know, driving in 2018 up in Santa Fe and at the corner of Cerritos and St. Francis. And in the middle were those sort of like prairie dogs, like the groundhogs that were, that they popped their head out of the hole. And I remember looking at them like, you know, if any one of them tries to make a run for it, they're, they're roadkill. But if all of them got up out of the, their hole at the same time and went across the street, traffic's going to stop. And that's what we got to do in New Mexico. So we have all these individual efforts. Let's put them together collectively. We can stop any traffic and we can use that analogy to accomplish any goal. Let's talk about the stadium. Why does United need its own stadium? Aside from wanting to have a home of its own, obviously, I understand, and, and we've reported on this, I know, to some capacity, the USL has some level of a mandate that the championship league teams have to play out of soccer specific venues. Is that by 2026, if I've read correctly? Yeah, there are mandates by the USL to play in soccer specific stadiums and for good reason, um, player safety and, and other things along those lines. I think with the USL, they understand that we're working towards that and uh, we're trying to accomplish that goal. There's been teams that came before us, like in Louisville, that played in a baseball stadium for five or six years. And now they're in a beautiful 15,000 seat stadium and they have a NWSL women's pro team and do all kinds of other things. So I, th I think that the main reason that it's really necessary is that uh, is really just the programming aspect is that it is so difficult to program United games, isotopes games, UNM football, basketball, bull riding, all these organizations want to create a bigger platform yet we're all trying to cram into the same spaces. So we're so grateful for the city and for the isotopes and for UNM coming together to say, yes, it's, I'm sure it's a bit of a pain and the, you know what, I don't know what, how deep on the language we can go in the <laughs> podcast, but, 
But they did say, yes, without that, we never would have a team here. We're always going to be eternally grateful. But we also have aspirations. We want to bring a pro women's team here. We want to do other events. And I think I think this city, more importantly, has grown and has aspirations for being the next best version of itself. So let's go put the facilities and infrastructure in place that sends a signal to our next generation that it's important here, you're worthy of it, and we want to leave it better than we found it. And this is just one of many ways we can do that. Let's go back in time a bit to the stadium bond. In a landslide, voters decided against a $50 million bond to build a multi-use soccer stadium for New Mexico United. Here are the updated numbers, as you can see. What was that feeling, if you can reflect back, um, when voters rejected the $50 million stadium bond measure in late 2021? I'll, I'll say this. The night of the election, you know, when I went home, was the best sleep I had in a year because I knew that this was over uh, and we could now start fresh and actually go make some progress. And we, I, you know, I learned a lot during that process. We heard uh, a lot of opinions, which were allowed, and that's great. Everyone should speak up. Everyone's opinion should be heard just because you may not agree with it. This is also part of United. The person to your right and left might have different politics. They might look pray to a different God that might speak a different language. That doesn't mean we just ignore them and reject them. So this was us sort of, you know, having to experience that same thing from the other side. And, and so we just said, okay, well, let's take this information and now let's go do it another way. The one thing that we can't do is just quit when we hear the word no. And so I got a great night's sleep. And the next day we just got back to work on and pivoted. And, and here we are with another plan that we, we believe is a, is a good plan. There's a lot of work that has to get done and uh, we want to see it get completed. And so we're just on that mission. Do you think timing at all played a role in this? You know, if this election happened for the stadium bond in 2022 or now 2023, do you think maybe there would have been a different outcome? I don't think there was a single thing in that election that said that was anti-New Mexico United. And a lot of those votes weren't even anti-stadium frankly, very few were. Mostly it was, we don't think this is the time for the government to be building a stadium when we have other bigger issues, especially in a pandemic. And that's a very reasonable position. And so the plan that we've put forward is where we want to build a stadium with private money and we could use some public support in terms of, in this, in this case, it's on public land. So of course it's going to be a public private partnership. Knowing that the team clearly made an immediate bond with fans in those first years, and then we went through a pandemic together and sort of came out the other end, and United has continued to spread roots in the community. Were you surprised at all by the outcome of that vote? And and why do you think, has there been any sort of analysis or why do you think it went the way that it did? Yeah, I think, I do think that uh, there was information that really didn't get articulated correctly by a lot of people, including the team, including myself personally. I think that there was a lot more meat on the bone in terms of what United was willing to bring. I think the plan could have been much, uh, could have been thought out much better. And I think there was a sense that because this worked once, it was just going to work again. It worked once with isotopes in a, right. a, a similar fa- similar enough fashion. And there were just too many unanswered questions. And once that got traction to try to backfill during the election and say, well, we solved for this, we solved for that. And it just became, you know, chasing our own tail. And then it became about so many other things. And so 
that's why on the night of the election, it was just, I was able to sleep. I, you know, I was so, I was upset that so many people were upset and, and, you know, we never will build a, a stadium where it's not wanted, where we're not wanted. That's not New Mexico United. There's no, that, that's not what we're about. So I wouldn't do that personally. So, so yeah, it was rough, you know, but, but learned a lot and, um, and here we are. So we, Got a little bit into this about the future plans, but but let's put that in a question form now. What does a future United Stadium look like? Is it something that's still maybe a single purpose venue or something else? And and I'm also curious, maybe if if you have a dollar figure now, we heard in the past after that CAA study that I think uh, the city had paid for, um, the estimates were around 70 to 84 million. So what does the stadium look like? What's a dollar figure? Yeah. So one, we're going to be building the vertical of the stadium with private money and we're the ownership group, uh, which I'm part of, we're committed to doing our part. We have some other mechanisms to put the financing together. So we feel really good uh, about that, but we also have to right size our expectations and, and build and understand the costs have gone way up. And this is just where we are. So, you know, we haven't put the firm budget together. It's certainly going to be less than that when it's all said and done. But it's not really about how much money we spend on the stadium. It's about it's about how do we build it in a way that represents who we are as New Mexicans. We don't want to just take a replica of a stadium in Buffalo or in Miami and then plop it down here. We want to create something that people look around like, I'm proud of this. It doesn't have to be a billion dollars. It just has to express itself in a way that resonates with me as a new as a New Mexican. And I just have to feel like when I'm sitting here that, uh, that I'm in a warm, respected place that, that I'm proud to, proud to be. So we're, whatever dollars we have, we're going to put in to that as much as, uh, you know, fancy suites and, and other things. So we talked about this at the top of the episode, you had this moment, the recent annual black and yellow bash, a kit unveiling party of sorts and other ways to connect with fans. During that party, you said, quote, I can't tell, I can't you-, tell you exactly where it is, but So the secret's out. Obviously, the only thing that really runs parallel to that is Balloon Fiesta Park. And we know that the city, of course, had a uh, a follow-up sort of news conference that they elaborated saying they're still considering a public-private partnership, much like the isotopes have with the city. So is that still how you see the future stadium as a public-private partnership? Or is this going to be a completely privately financed driven thing? Well, on the first part, I would just say, you know, I wasn't anticipating, you know, saying those words. I just wanted to let people know that we, we were really looking forward to announcing soon where we we're going to be. Gotcha. And then people in the audience asked, well, where's it going to be? Where's it going to be? And we just talked a lot about authenticity and New Mexico in myself. I also have to be authentic. I'm not a big part of New Mexico United is not creating this thing that is greater than the people. This is our club. And we're constantly looking for that immersion and that to break down the walls between, you know, supporters and fans and coaches and ownership. And so, you know, we've always erred on the side of more transparency, more information and, and the truth and just getting it out there. It may not be exactly how things, you know, get done politically, uh, but it is how it's just who I am and who we are. So there'll be more leaks down the road. Um, (laughs) And this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. And entertaining. And this isn't life or death. This is trying to create a greater and better life. So, you know, in terms of going to the second piece, the public private partnership, if we, you know, if 
there were situations where maybe we would just have to put, you know, all the money in ourselves. We might be on private land and the roads are there and the infrastructure is there. In this case, there's so many attributes out there. And by the way, this is not a completed deal. There's a lot to be resolved. This is just the first step, which is this could be a place to have this facility. There's 13,000 parking spots out there. We got to help create some more. The city has to come up with some additional spots. Balloon Fiesta has 80,000 people that come out. We have eight. So the traffic is going to be a 10th of, of what a game is. So this is an area that really supports a lot more than what we bring. And we can take advantage of all the current infrastructure. But if you've been out to Balloon Fiesta Park recently, you realize that there is a lot of infrastructure improvements that need to happen on that site, regardless whether there's a, a multi-use um, you know, stadium or not in a complex and so, you know, as public land, that will come from their state money for that. I think there's you know, about 13 and a half from the governor and some of the legislatures and then uh, some more money for Balloon Fiesta. So there's money to, to improve it. We just need to make sure before we're going to put all this money into it that we have access to what we need in terms of water and utilities and on that side. And then the second piece is we want to make sure what we're, we're ever doing doesn't take away from anything else. It builds upon it. And since this, this this site is in a new no fly zone for the balloons, it really checks a lot of boxes. It's it's really going to be a creative for balloon fiesta if it's done the right way for the city, for the state, for everybody, including United. I feel like New Mexico is very unique, right? Where so many things and even buildings have to sort of think about balloon fiesta, even though it's not a year round event. I mean, we've talked on the podcast about making your public space, balloon friendly with power lines and trees and where you place those things. So I just think that that's just an interesting part of our economy, Mm -hmm. but, and we're not by any means saying this is a final plan that stadium is going to go in balloon fiesta. This is very like hypothetically speaking, if this were to work out. Yes. Um, But after that bomb was dropped, balloon fiesta spokesman, Tom Garrity told us here at KRQE quote, The area described by the city would impact existing parking by displacing approximately 800 guest cars per session of the Balloon Fiesta. But he also followed up saying Balloon Fiesta is interested in learning more about the stadium plan and look forward to continued discussions with the city. So aside from just those concerns, what are your thoughts about building a stadium in that area where maybe it's not as walkable or urbanized as a downtown? Like there's an argument I think to be made about having stadiums right in a downtown core where visitors go, maybe they go to a re- restaurant, hang out and give sort of those local businesses a boost when they go attend games. Would a stadium farther out at Balloon Fiesta Park be an ideal location for you guys and still have that trickle down economic impact, you think? Well, you know, the irony about the downtown stadium plan, because that was the the favorable, you know, the, the rail yard plan was the one that was at the forefront during the bond is that from United's point of view, it's probably not the best in terms of revenue. So for example, we wouldn't have any parking revenue because most of the parking would be in municipal parking lots. A lot of restaurants would have patrons that would be eating and drinking. So concessions are probably going to be a little bit lower. And there is a risk that if, if it's hard, you know, if, if there was any kind of incident that people could be, you know, scared away. So we, we we were willing to take all those risks economically and socially because it felt like that could be the right thing to do, to be a real, to be a big catalyst for the city. A lot of people spoke up, a lot of people voted on it and, and we saw what the result of that. So, you know, from my point of view, you know, it's time to pivot and, and listen to what was said. And, and now we need to move on and, 
you know, and so now the next best place is the place that it can be where we want to be. And what that also wants us, there's, there are other sites available that maybe the club doesn't feel the best sites or maybe the land isn't available. So, but this is one that I think ironically probably should have been on the table from the beginning. It's just that I think we got caught up in the initial four sites and everybody sort of got focused on downtown. So we sort of ignored some other options. And uh, once we sort of like took two steps back, we could see the trees and like, wow, this is actually a perfect site in so many ways. It certainly makes me think about it because, you know, we always think about developing land with a lot of different uses. Uh, I think especially these days, you know, you don't want to just build something that stays empty and vacant for a long time in Balloon Fiesta Park. While there are certainly many events that happen there, there's probably many days where it's a giant grass field, you know, I've flown a kite out there once I'll admit, um, and there was nothing going on out there. So there are many days when areas out there could be sort of infused with more activity, which I think perhaps maybe speaks a little bit to the point of why y'all are looking. Why there? It's a great one. I mean, that's like a 360 acre park. It's huge. And uh, for nine days a year, it's the most eclectic, uh, you know, uh, the most energized and beautiful park in the world, not just New Mexico, not just the United States for nine days a year. There's nothing like balloon fiesta anywhere on this planet. And, um, that's amazing. And, you know, we wouldn't play during those games, by the way. Right. So we're, we would, you know, that's balloon fiesta. We never would infringe. Actually, hopefully we could build it in a way that could give them access to more resources that would actually, you know, further their experience, further their revenue. And and we want to work with them to make it accretive. Let's make a bigger pie. But, but what about those other 350 days a year? And there's a lot of things you can do out there that don't, you don't have to even have a packed stadium, but there's high school sports, college sports, there's other sporting activities, there's festivals and, you know, coffee and beer festivals and other, other things. And, you know, we have Meow Wolf Night, for example, it's been a huge part uh, of New Mexico United. Nobody else has Meow Wolf Night anywhere in the world. It's, we didn't even know what it meant when we started. We said, we'll figure it out later. Just put down Meow Wolf Night. And, and it's a beautiful night of expression of just bring your most authentic self to wear whatever you want, you know, and, and express yourself in a positive way. Why not have a Meow Wolf Festival, you know, for the weekend of artists and, and food and music and, and a weekend of expression. And a game is just a small part of, of a three-day event that could bring so much joy and happiness and utilize those 360 acres, those 13,000 parking spots. We know that there is more work to be done. You talked about it a little bit already, but I do want to ask maybe specifically, what really does need to happen next? Is it a conversation with a certain governmental entity? Is it a funding thing? What is in your eyes, the thing that needs to happen next? Yeah, You know, I think we need to, um, United and Balloon Fiesta as the organization just need to to get some answers to some basic questions. I think you pointed out earlier, you guys to pointed out, hey, that's 800 parking spots and we're already shorthanded. So what's the plan for getting those back and maybe even adding more? And so, you know, we need to understand what the infrastructure is going to be like and what the constraints are before we can even think about designing. And so I think that, you know, the city... Uh, has access to funds that was, were provided by the state just for this purpose to do, you know, a site management plan, not a master plan, but a site management plan, see what's there, what needs to to happen, put a plan in place for parking that, 
it makes it work for everyone. And, and so I think the next step is for the, you know, the city to, to work with balloon fiesta and United and, and just, um, you know, put that together. I think if we all get in the room, we could do it quickly, everyone. And we could find out if it's the right spot or not. And if it's not, let's, we have to get moving on another one, but I, but I like to believe that there's actually a lot there that can make it work. Mm -hmm. But that meeting's not on the calendar yet. I'm not leaking anything. Okay. Uh, okay. Come on. Dang it. Come on. <laughs> you tricked me once. <laughs> we reported back in August that a city official confirmed with KRQE a few other prospect locations for a stadium, uh, spots that included UNM property on Cesar Chavez across from across the street from Lobo Village, for example, at Mesa del Sol, where the team already has a practice facility, and then on private property near the West Mesa. Are those sites also part of the possible picture here? We've looked at all those sites. There's major parking concerns at UNM because just think about it. If if we have a game, even if we're not at Ice Tubbs Park, like what if there's a baseball game and then a football game? And so now we're all going for the same parking spot. So you're only as strong as your you know weakest common denominator. And so those sites uh, we tried um, working with UNM. We had a really good, respectful process with them, and we just decided, you know, we agreed that it wasn't the right fit. You know, Mesa del Sol. There's a there's a lot of advantages out there. There's also a lot of concerns. There's a there's a concert hall out there that that also has a lot of Saturday night concerts, and we, we know what that traffic's like. And now you double it from thirteen thousand to twenty six thousand, and I get really nervous about the idea of of that happening all summer long. And the West Side um, would also be great because it could be a catalyst for the West Side, and and we have looked at some land there, and and um, that is a possibility. But I think right now we're laser focused on Balloon Fiesta. Let's go find these answers and make sure we identify all the questions, do the best to answer them, and if we can make that work, I think we've got a beautiful partnership where we're going to put private money into the stadium, public money to beautify Balloon Fiesta Park for that event and for all the other 350 days, including the complex. And, um, you know, it can be a real win-win, triple win. It sounds like to some degree, you know, the way that you look at this project, you mentioned pivoting earlier, right? The, the downtown stadium discussion happened, was super exciting. You got the answer from the voters and it's time to move on and move and look at a different direction. I get the sense though, that you still feel Balloon Fiesta Park, if, if that does come to fruition, could be transformational in its own right. But I guess I wanted to ask you, you know, when you look at what a stadium can do, and, and I think about this because stadiums do not get built often. And when they do, they're a cornerstone for the community for a long time. So it is a really important thing that happens when a community sees a giant venue go up. Do you still have any level of disappointment that the downtown stadium didn't work? Because we know Albuquerque has a lot of concern about its downtown. And that certainly would have brought events that could have brought more people and you would perhaps see some change happen surrounding a stadium built in downtown. So the question being, is it at all, do you still have any level of disappointment that the downtown site maybe didn't work? I don't, I don't think of it as disappointment. Actually, I have, have a lot of gratitude for what happened because we, we were able to engage a lot of people and, and to hear a lot of opinions. And the answer was the answer. And so rather than sit in disappointment and brood over that, it was time to take that information and then go and, and use that as a strength. And that why put energy into worrying about what happened? It was very disappointing. 
at the, in the time, uh, it was, there was, uh, a lot of energy went into it and, you know, but the day after it was time to, to move on. And so what I'm really more focused on and what our ownership's focused on, I think what the city and state are focused on is with this particular site, could this also be transformative? I think the answer is yes, in the sense that it can certainly be more than it is today for everybody that's already there. And it can be done in a way that's really respectful of, you know, there are neighbors, not that close, but there's neighbors that need to be considered, you know, so there's neighborhoods. But I think, you know, what we like about this site, too, is it's almost in a natural amphitheater. And you could we've already done some preliminary sound and light studies that are super encouraging in terms of keeping the sound there and keeping the light there. and so. And it's empty to the north um, in terms of land. And there is some development around there and people are used to going out there. So let's imagine what it could be and focus less on what something else could have been. And uh, ideally, you know, downtown's worth fighting for, by the way. And I have an apartment downtown. I was in it uh, many nights during the pandemic. I saw, you know, the downtown was sort of really in 2019, you could feel it. it was hitting that, about to hit that tipping point. And then wham. And now where there's great momentum with some new people going ex novos building out there. Uh, is it Odon noodles? And there's, you know, it's just like one at a time in New Mexico, right? Every business counts, like one door opens, you know, then another, then another. So let's just make this the best it can be. And just to get back to a little bit of basics in my mind here, because Chris and I are both not native New Mexicans, as far as like, we didn't do all our schooling here. And um, we come from cities with pro sports teams. And it is very different when you live in a state kind of without that. How important in your mind is it for United, not only for United, but the city of Albuquerque, the state of New Mexico to get a soccer stadium in a state without a pro sports team? I think it's, you know, it's very important. I grew up in Boston and my grandfather had a uh, sports bar inside the Boston garden before they were really called that. I as I reflect, I think maybe there might've been a little side betting going on in there and uh, it was really smoky and I'd bust tables as a 13 year old right. and then go and sit in the floor and watch Larry Bird battle out Julius Irving in the late seventies, early eighties. And, wow. and it was like a real family. Sometimes even players that lived in my town would drive you home, drive me home. You know, it was very, um, just, it was just how it was. It was like a family and a community. And, and so I understood the power that sports have to connect all kinds of people. And, and you're right, in New Mexico, there there was that gap there. There was other great, there's Division One college, that's its own thing. I, there's, there's minor league baseball, that's its own thing. And this was a chance for us to have a real pro team where the players lived here, some of them are from here. They only care about winning a cup here and uh, they're not on someone else's roster. And, and so we really felt that this could be, uh, we, we deserved it, we've earned it, and we were ready to take a risk and, and put it forward. I'm, I'm so happy everyone said yes. But even if you're not a sports fan, I will say, like you've alluded to, and the team's name says it by itself, you know, New Mexico United, Somos Unidos. This is an area where it almost impacts everybody because it will have an impact on the economy, could potentially drive in other businesses. So your vision here is sort of like looking really in the long game, it seems like for New Mexico. What is your ideal timeline of when we get a stadium? Like ideally speaking, not hard and stone, but yeah, you know, um, we're thinking like five years, 10 years down the road. Well, look, if... This, it doesn't need to take that long. Let's just say we're in the right spot. 
and we have resources. We have private resources. We have public resources. We have enough. And if we can put all the other things together, we can get to work. It's not going to be as a broad, it will probably be something that, you know, will just get us started. And maybe over time we could expand it potentially or add some seats. It might be, it's going to be smaller than Isotopes Park. It may not be quite as grand as everyone thought it was going to be, but it's going to be ours. And it's going to be, we're going to show that in New Mexico, even the most, you know, you know, incredible hopes or, you know, ridiculous dreams can be filled right here. If you just decide that you want to make it happen here, we can build a privately you know, funded stadium. It almost happens nowhere in America, uh, except in uber wealthy cities now uh, with billionaires that, that have clubs worth $5 billion. And um, it's pretty rare to see privately funded stadiums. And so we want to lead the way for New Mexico and show that this is a model that a lot of other mid-sized cities can adopt because these teams are important in all communities, um, not just ours. I know even in the pre-United days, uh, when the Albuquerque Soul was still around, the idea was ultimately get an MLS team here. Is that still part of the vision for you is to eventually maybe see Albuquerque evolve into an MLS site? You know what I'd say about that is that we have a pro team and the quality of play is very high in the open cup tournament. We play MLS teams in games they want to win. Right. They're not exhibitions and we beat them. I'm not saying that we're as good as, or we'll beat every MLS team every time, but the level of play is not night and day. And two, you know, this is, this is our pro team. So MLS is its own league. I think that, you know, given that their franchise fees are getting closing in on a half a billion plus, then you'd probably need another three, $400 million stadium. You know, it's really a billion dollars just to kind of get started. And, it's and um, it's a lot of money. And, and I don't know that we're going to get that much more support. I don't, I don't think anyone can cheer any louder or any harder. We might get a few more people and a few more casual fans, but at the core that we have just love our team. And they realize that the players out there are talented. They're from all over the world and they're fighting hard every, every game for United. Yeah. And uh, to your point, you know, there still is a very high quality of play, you know, not to dog one being bigger, better than the other. They, they really have yeah, incredible talents without getting sides. all the minutia of us soccer. It's so different than the other major sports we have here. So it's just that you have to really dig in, but the sanctioning of who the top league is, isn't because MLS says they are it's us soccer sets the standard and USL could have a group of teams eventually, including New Mexico United that could actually play at the division one level, which would be amazing because then that would make us eligible for things like the CONCACAF tournament, which then the winner of that plays, you end up playing, you know, you know, Liverpool in the club world cup and the winner of that's the best team in the world. So we have a team right now that could be the best team in the world. There's a platform right now that we're, we have, all we have to do is just keep winning. And so I love that because it means that there are no ceilings on us. There's no barriers. It's just up to our imagination and our drive and determination. Is there anything else that we didn't ask you that you want, want to let the people know about or anything you want to add? You know, um, I mean, nothing I really want to add to, to what we talked about. I think I, I hope people just know how, you know, how grateful I am personally, our ownership, our staff, our players, our coaches, and actually each and every fan is for each other. You know, that this is a project that is really, you know, more of a love story than a, than a soccer story. And we, we hope that, that it, it shows that whether, whatever you want to do individually in this state, um, you can accomplish that. And I really hope that 
all people, you know, especially our younger people who are deciding, hey, is this my home? Is this where I want to have my family? Is this where I want to build my business? Because there's so many people that want to say yes to that, but they're not sure how. Maybe this can thing can give them some, uh, you know, a pathway to giving it a shot. Go give it a shot. New Mexico's worth it. We're worth it. And we're all here just not to change New Mexico. We're just trying to build the next best version of ourselves. And we're, we're doing it. And, it's, and we're just getting started. So I, I'm super excited for the future. Well, Peter Trevisani, we appreciate you coming in here. It's always interesting and neat, for lack of a better term, to see people with roots wanting to invest more in the community. And we certainly, I think, can say that without a doubt. That is that is a fact. You've certainly made an investment in this community. So thank you. Awesome. Uh, thank you guys for having me on today. And uh, it's almost a neat Let's go get the cup. Well, thanks again to Peter Travisani for coming into the studio and chatting with us more about his own aspirations for a stadium here in Albuquerque. We'll definitely keep an eye on the plans and project to come. And I promise I'll get out to your United game at some point. Don't judge me, folks. Thank you for uh, listening this week. I am at chris.mckee at krqe.com and also at TV on social media. And I'm gabrielle.burkhart at krqe.com via email and gburknm on social media. Thank you all for listening.